You know, we started this series last week, uh, Numa, talking about the Holy Spirit. And Ross gave you an action step. He had an action step last week. And he simply said, ask God to reveal the Holy Spirit to you and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Man, that, that, that's so big. Every morning, asking the Holy Spirit, hey, come and fill me. I'm going to give you an action step at the end of this. But having the Holy Spirit partner with us every day as we walk through life. You know, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in a few ways. And one of the ways is he's our helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper who makes our lives better. Look at, look at John. Look how John records the words of Jesus. He says this in, John, in chapter 16, verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. He won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit right here. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is the promise of better. Not, not, the, not, not, the, not a promise that, that is unattained, right? Because we, we have these, these human con- connotations of, of the word promise. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking right now of a relationship that you've had, that you've had promises made to you, but they've been broken. But this is different. This, this, is, this is not out there like someday on the by and by or, or, you know, one glad morning when this life is over, mm, I'll fly away. No, 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 it's not that. Like, like, I'm telling you, that what, what Jesus is telling us now is that we can have better now. We, you can have better today, right? And I, and I know you, you, some of you, you may be thinking, oh, oh pastor, who is, well, it's been a long time since I had better. It's been, it's been a long time, like, like literally, I'm, I'm just trying to get, not, get to where it's, it's not as bad as it was. <laughs> much, much less better. I'm just trying to get past it's, it's the, 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 what I'm in right now. But I'm telling you that there is better. There is much better. Life can be hard. I get it. Challenges abroad, they abound. Difficulties, they emerge. Frustrations, they multiply. The, the, the abundant and full life that Jesus promises, it, it seems elusive at times. But we have a helper. We have a helper. The Bible speaks of him. That changes everything in our lives, changes how we live. And we need, to, we need a deep, personal, and meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit. For, for, for the Jesus follower, listen, the Holy Spirit is indispensable. Without the Holy Spirit, we, we, can't, we can't conquer our sins. We can't truly love others we we can't survive persecution we can't live like jesus at all we can't even we can't even be born again so, so jesus said to nicodemus in a conversation that he was having with nicodemus is which which was a religious leader of the time trying to figure out what, what jesus was talking about let's go there in john 3 john 3 5 through 8 Jesus replied, he said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. 
The, the wind blows where, wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And this is what the conversation Jesus was having with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was struggling with this idea, and you, and you may be struggling with it as well. Listen, that's okay. That's okay. But when we, what, what, what's not okay is when we stop seeking, when we stop asking because the, the reality is a couple chapters back, Jesus said this in John 14. You, you don't have it on your notes, but I want to read this to you. But the helper, speaking about the comforter, speaking about the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, our standby, our helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you, everything that we are reading about the scripture, everything God is doing in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes to remind us that word spirit in the Greek, that word, that word is pneuma. It means breath or wind. The work of the spirit, it's, it's invisible. It's mysterious. It's like, like the blowing of wind. And Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is the very breath and the wind of God, he, which, which wants to, he wants to move throughout our lives. We, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We carry it in. This is just a building like your work, like any other building. But when we gather together, the, the Spirit starts to move because we bring it in here and he starts to do amazing things. Yeah. The truth, the truth is humans we were, never, we were never intended to live without the Holy Spirit. Taylor said it this morning. There is a, God, there is a Jesus-shaped hole in each one of our lives that only he can fill, that only the Holy Spirit can come and fill and create wholeness in us. And it's, this is, this is the, from the story of creation. Look at Genesis 2.7. The, the Bible says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The breath of life means the spirit of life. That's the Holy Spirit. God, God didn't resuscitate Adam with oxygen. Adam wasn't alive and then he died and God, God did CPR on him. That's, that's not what this means. It's, a, it's the very breath of God. His neshema. In the Greek, it's neshema. It's the breath of God. In the world, like we, we see the creation came into existence by the very words of God. He spoke it into existence. And Adam was transformed from clay to life by the breath of God. Living, being filled with God. And we have that same spirit in us. God, a few verses later, he says, if Adam and Eve, if he spoke about them eating of the forbidden fruit, that they would die. And we, now, and we know, as we read along in Genesis 3, that they did that. They chose their own way. They chose to refuse what God, God's way and enact their own, their own decision. Everything in their life got harder and more difficult without the Holy Spirit. Humanity quickly gives way to violence, to hatred, to jealousy. We see it. We see it all around us. 
We see it all around us at, at where we work, in our lives, social media, everywhere around us. It, it's around us. And the, the truth of the matter is that sometimes we partake of it as well. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to yield to the guidance of his voice. Because without the Holy Spirit operating inside of us, we try to fill our lives with so many other things that make us feel alive. We, we try to fill our lives with adventure. We try to fill our lives with drugs. We try to fill our lives with our careers, with achieving more and greater. We try to fill our lives with chasing after finances. All that the world offers to fill our lives with relationships, with sex, with all the things. But we're dead inside. Because none of that will ever fully satisfy us. None of that fits in the space of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in your life. God intended the first Adam to live with the Holy Spirit in him. And Jesus, who the Bible calls the second Adam, is raised to death. From death to life by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is he's indispensable. He's, he's crucial. He's vital. He's essential. He should be central to our very existence to this life. God has wanted for us, God has wanted this for us from the beginning. We have to understand that everything is spiritual. We, we tend to, to segment our lives at times. We tend, we tend to, to create separation, compartmentalize the things that are happening in our lives. We, we separate the, the secular from the sacred. We, sometimes we, we live, we are one person here amongst the brethren and there was somebody else at work talking about myself for a moment here. I, I live this life where, where I was one person here worshiping God, living for God, but then I was somebody else at work. And so I'm, I'm speaking from the experience here. Every decision, every, every action, every relationship, every thought has spiritual attachments and implications to our lives. So we have to unite them things. We can't tell the Holy Spirit just to operate in one area of our lives. It doesn't work like that. He wants to, he wants to be involved in everything that we do. Because we will quickly bring the problems of the segmented things into the spiritual when, when we realize we can't handle it anymore. We, we, we immediately say, oh, oh my God, this, this thing is starting to crumble. This thing is starting to fall apart. My relationship is starting to crumble. My kids are starting to go crazy. My marriage is starting to struggle. My life is going crazy. I'm not meeting my, I'm not needing, I'm not doing the things. I'm not, I don't have enough, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. And all of a sudden, okay, Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. He said, man, I've been wanting to help you from the beginning. <laughs> I, I've, I've had the answer from the beginning. We have to bring those things together. You see, but you, do you see that, right? That, that, that this, having the thing segmented is, isn't, is, is, is for your benefit, not the Father's. It's, it's his love that covers those things. He, he loves us in a way that he gives us the Holy Spirit to give us what we need. Where we fall short, the Holy Spirit is enough. But sometimes we don't believe this. We don't believe this reality. We don't believe this truth. And so we, we, we try to fill our lives with all kinds of fads and gimmicks and technology and equipment to change ourselves. But inevitably, inevitably without us being rooted in a spiritual connectivity, in a spiritual connectedness with the Father's Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and understand to live 
for God and his kingdom, we fail. We fall short. And you're thinking, well, man, you may be thinking, man, my life is good. I'm not failing. I'm actually pretty successful. I'm doing a good job. Everything is, everything is fine. And there's a, there's a truth to that because sometimes there, are a, there is a time, there, is, there are seasons or maybe two where we can be successful, maybe, maybe even for a lifetime. But this is the truth. The consequences of self-reliance and pride are even worse. Here's what A.W. Tozer, here's how he puts it. We may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is, is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem is we're already filled up with a bunch of stuff sometimes. Think about it. Even now, things are crossing or through your mind, things are, things are flashing before you. Finances, anxiety, work, kids, your failures, your fears, your relationships. So relationships where, 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 where it's causing you to sin and pull you away from who God has created you to be. We spend so much energy focused on the politics on recreation, on entertainment, on accumulating more stuff at our work. And we're crowding out the one person who we can really rely on to help us. And to, and to, and to clarify, success isn't the issue, it's, it's the prioritizing of it. Look at, look at what the apostle, how the apostle John records it in John 14. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not that the world gives, not, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus tells his disciples, there is a helper. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with what's going on in your mind. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with what's happening in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to help you understand the will of God for your life. He wants to help you with your emotions and your relationships. He wants to help you with your workplace. He wants to help you with your finances. He wants to help you with your confusion. He wants to help you in every area of your life. So listen, church, stop living your life between your ears and get in touch with the life-changing, all-fulfilling, doubt-eroding power of the Holy Spirit. It's available. It's, you, you want peace? You, you, you want not to be ruled by anxiety or worry or fear or frustration or whatever it is that you're struggling with? 
You want to deal with the troubled way that you're struggling through life? Listen, the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's the only one that can help you. He was sent to you by the Father who is close enough to our situation. We sang about it this morning. You are closer than my skin. He wants to give you advice. He wants to help you make the right call, make understand the situation. He's our advocate, our counselor. He's our helper. Are, 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 you, are you getting that? I want you to get that this morning, that we have this opportunity. The helper is right here with us, and we can enact him in every part of our lives. John 14, John 16, excuse me, says this, starting in verse 8. Jesus is explaining how he will help. He says, and then, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the world has already been judged. Verse 12 says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't, you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future he will bring me glory. This is Jesus speaking by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. This is the word of God telling us that he is our helper. He's going to give us the insight and the understanding that we need. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to help. Help us accept, believe. And embrace all that Jesus has done for us. So I want to give you a few things this morning. How the Holy Spirit helps. The Holy Spirit convicts me of sin to reveal my need for Jesus. This is the, the sin of, it could be the sin of unbelief. And it, which is the, the primary sin that makes us stumble. Unbelief. When we don't believe Jesus is who he said he is. The Holy Spirit is always pointing to the, to the necessity of Jesus. He is the one who wants and convicts my conscience. Never condemning us. It says, that's, that's important for us to understand. The Holy Spirit does not condemn us. He convicts us. He nudges us. He's the voice in the back of our head saying, saying man, you shouldn't do that. He's the voice in the back of our head saying, man, you shouldn't be here. He's the voice in the back of our head saying, man, don't, don't be a part of this. He's there to help us. The Holy Spirit gently convicts when we wander into believing that we can do it on our own. Or whenever there's, there's doubt that, that Jesus can take away my sin. Or when we just simply stop believing what he said. Second thing that the Holy Spirit helps us with is the Holy Spirit convinces me that I am righteous because of Jesus. Isn't that good? The Holy Spirit helps all believers everywhere understand that we are in right standing. Through him, we are made righteous with God only through Jesus. 
There is nothing that we can do to be righteous. Only Jesus makes us righteous. I feel like you weren't ready for this one this morning. (laughs) But church, this is the burden of my heart. That you would understand who you are. That you would understand the potential that is within you. That you would understand when we join in with the power of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing impossible for you. There are opportunities waiting for you and for me if we would only partner with the Holy Spirit. It is him moving through us. We we chase happiness and we chase fulfillment in life, every single one of us. And sometimes we find it on our own. Sometimes we stumble upon it, but we can't allow that stumbling and that finding on our own to replace the reality that the Holy Spirit can be the constant in our lives. It's not about what the situation looks like. It's about the faith that we have. I love what Rob said this morning. It's not a crutch. It's, it's It's a solid rock. We don't lean on it. We stand on it. You get that? You see that? I I love that picture. A crutch is something you lean on. A rock is something you stand on. I love that. And this is who the Holy Spirit is to us. He convinces me that I am righteous because of Jesus. I am enough. The role of the Holy Spirit in my life is to convince me of all of the all sufficiency of Christ. He's always working towards glorifying and lifting up Jesus as our Savior. Remember, we read that in verse 14. He will glorify me. This is Jesus speaking, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Sometimes we need to be convinced that way because Satan is relentless. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, and he sends his minions out to be a constant whisper sometimes in our ear. Listen, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you silence that voice. You begin to speak the word of God over your life, the truth of what the word of God says, that I am made righteous by by, by what Jesus has done. You got to get that in you. Finally, the Holy Spirit helps me when the Holy Spirit connects me to the authority of Christ. For Satan is defeated. Come on. You see, the Holy Spirit, he empowers you with the authority of Jesus himself. Jesus is supreme over all creation, over every authority in the universe. And you have the opportunity to be united with him by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps you and me operate in this authority that Jesus has given us for, every, for power over the enemy, for preaching the gospel, and for making disciples. Look at, look at what the Great Commission, to, what Jesus spoke in the Great Commission to his disciples. Excuse me. In Matthew 28, he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nation, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them how to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I want you to notice how the focus of the Holy Spirit changes in these verses. 
As we trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit's focus begins to be less and less on sinfulness and more and more on righteousness and kingdom power to collaborate with Jesus in making disciples. That's why the Holy Spirit is the promise of better and better. He's, he's, here he's, here is, is, is a warning that, that, that the Apostle Paul gives his friends in Ephesians 5.18. He says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. He, he wrote that just like I would say it. <laughs> Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk on wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul here contrasts the the command to be filled with the Spirit with these words, don't get drunk with wine. What's What's he saying here? Don't stimulate your life with other things. He's saying there is much, there's much, a much better alternative to filling your life up, stimulating your mind, medicating your souls, entertaining yourself with all these other things. The Apostle Paul says the most important thing is to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is the one who can help us. How many Christians, how many believers are actually developing a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. How many of us do that? I missed it for years, church. I was, I was ministering and I missed it for years. I'm gonna be the first one to raise my hand. We may know how to read our Bibles. I knew how to read a Bible. I knew how to pray, how to, how to pray a prayer. We, may, we know how to come to church, maybe even join a small group. We don't know how to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit who is our helper. So many Christians are not involved in in the life of another person helping, helping them follow Jesus. Why? Because we're too busy. Sometimes we're too busy stimulating with our lives with so many other things. Are are you too busy? Are are you too distracted? Are are you too addicted to to being stimulated by by these other things? That's not being filled with the Spirit of God. That's not being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We We don't know how to carry on a conversation and cultivate hunger for being with him. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Taylor, come on up here and help me finish. You and I. We, we need to be filled by the Spirit. We, we, need to, we need to be filled. We need to be overflowing with the Spirit. The Father is the one who loves us and includes us in his family. The Son is the one who reconciled the world through his sacrifice and becomes our identity. But the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into these truths. He empowers. The Holy Spirit, he activates. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. The Holy Spirit comforts. 
The Holy Spirit, he is our counsel. He convicts and convinces us. He is the very living and breathing presence of God in our daily lives. Jesus said, ask for daily bread. And when he was being tempted in the desert, he said, man should not live on bread alone. Jesus was saying, I believe that Jesus was saying, man, you have to enact the Holy Spirit in your life. He, you, you, we are the carriers of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus always responds to our permission. You, there is power. There is life and death in the words that we speak. And so every morning we have to wake up. We say, Holy Spirit, go before me. Jesus, strengthen me for today. I can't, I can't worry about yesterday. There's nothing I can do about that. And tomorrow, there's too many worries in that for me to carry. But today, Holy Spirit, I want you to live in me today. I want you to be active in me today. I want you to, to be alive in me today. I want you to be the words that I speak. I want you to be the, every, every step that I take. I want you to be right in front of me with everything. We have to enact those things. We have to, we have to believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of every decision that we make, no matter how big, no matter how small. I want to invite the prayer team up this morning as we worship the Lord. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in this building. He's moving on our hearts. And he's convicting you. He's not condemning you. The Holy Spirit is saying, man, I love you. And I want to help you. These things, these areas in your life that you're struggling with, that, that, you're, that you're trying to figure out, I have the answer. I am the answer. Would you just give them up? Would you just, would you just let me carry them for you? Would you all stand to your feet this morning? If you're listening to us and you're watching us, you can text your, your prayer request. Somebody will respond to you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is even moving through the cameras. This morning... Don't leave carrying that same burden. Don't leave carrying that same weight when the Holy Spirit is here and ready to lift it. As we worship the Lord, I want you to take a step of boldness if you need to come and get prayed for. I want to lead us in prayer before we worship. Father, we come before you. Lord, we declare our need for you. Holy Spirit, we want, we want you to be a part of everything in our lives, of every moment. I need you to help me carry this circumstance and this situation. I want you to be what I stand on, not what I use as a crutch. I don't want to just lean on you, Lord. I want to stand on you. So right now, Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing conviction to our hearts. Now in the power of the name of Jesus, give us boldness to step out to receive from you.